This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelonics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelonics. Hey everyone, welcome to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh. Um, at Channelonics, we get a lot of questions about managed services, and there's a good reason for it, because the tech industry is transitioning from their traditional go-to-market models, their transactional sales models, to more services and consumption-based models. Um, and managed service providers are a really good first target for them when they want to start building out their indirect or their channel-based sales. A lot of logic goes behind those because they say that you know that with uh with managed service providers they already know recurring revenue models they're used to selling services to their customers they already have a good install base of customers that are consuming services so therefore they are the good target to go after and yet they still don't really understand what it takes to engage with msps there's a lot of missteps that are happening around the channel because there's a presumption that the MSPs are going to act in a way that is predictable with what uh, vendors knew with their resellers and their integrators that came before. Uh, I, I like to describe this as vendors are discovering managed services like Columbus discovered in Empty America. That's uh, it's been here. MSPs have been here for quite a bit of time. I remember the dawn of managed services in the channel, and then you know this is going back almost 20 years ago. And even then, they were saying, "Well, this isn't new. We've been doing this already." So why is this such an arduous task to build out a services-based channel and working with MSPs? This seems to be a mystery to many people, except for our guest, who is my old friend uh, and good collaborator. Rob Ray, he's the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Datto, a company that built built its reputation, built its fortunes on working with MSPs, and particularly smaller MSPs. So with that, Rob, I want to bring you into the conversation. Welcome to Changing Channels. Awesome. Thanks, Larry. Super happy to be here. Thanks for the intro. Well, look, let's start with a little bit about Datto, because uh, it really is. It's a remarkable story. Um, that, you know, got a data is what now, 15 years old or something close to that? It's, I think it's getting up there, <laughs> somewhere yeah. around there. I mean, your founder literally started the company out of his, I think the, the lore goes out of his basement, was it not? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, it was uh, working in his parents' uh, parents' basement, started, built his first cloud and started manufacturing equipment. Uh, very technical engineer, very smart dude who uh, just started playing around with technology and trying to find ways of taking enterprise technology range to the SMB market and bootstrap the company himself, yeah. Yeah, so of course we're talking about Austin McCord, who's uh, now working with a VC firm, still very much involved in supporting data. Um, but it really is, is that you started off not only targeting the SMB segment, but also with the intent that managed service providers would be the primary conduit to market. In fact, data went public, what was it, about a year and a half ago? Uh, and your stock ticker is MSP. You, you brought that to Wall Street. I mean, literally, I remember seeing the banner emblazed on Wall Street where it says, you know, you do get MSP. So, you know, what is it that made MSPs the primary target for a company like data in the first place? What, what, what made that the partner that you wanted to work with? 
Yeah, I, I, I gotta give I gotta give Austin credit for the MSP strategy around data because that was done uh, before I actually joined the organization. Prior to that, I mean, I've worked for an RMM company and then and then a uh, large hardware manufacturer that we all know, um, and saw that transition from the old reseller product specific. Uh, revenue generating into the software selling your services uh, MSP so that that whole migration from reseller to MSP so I spent a lot of time with MSPs back when we were trying to like teach everybody what MSP was if you remember those days and uh, and the value of recurring revenue and, and building your services and we didn't need hardware margins anymore and so on and so forth so uh, Datto was founded at, again by Austin um, he tells the story that he uh, basically was going trying to take this this backup disaster recovery to market got a phone call from a, a solution provider who is still very much a partner of Datto called him up and said do you have a partner program and uh, the joke is that uh, Austin said uh, let me let me get back to you hung up and about a half an hour later created the uh, partner program that Datto has and 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 found this avenue this channel of being able to sell and 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 distribute his product amongst SMBs without having to do it himself so he has this channel of it providers called managed service providers that he was able to take the product to market uh we have been diehard uh channel only since that beginning and uh and and we still continue today to be a, a channel first channel only organization uh and continue to to really really push the channel in many many different ways not just from a product innovation standpoint but also helping managed service providers grow creating better partner programs all those types of things which did lead to as you mentioned in october 2020 of us taking the company public and i'd like to say that we're we're probably the first MSP only vendor that actually has gone to uh, gone IPO and uh, continues to stay extremely loyal towards that channel. Yeah. So I want to make one clarification here, Rob. Rob, is that um, you know Austin may have developed his channel program in thirty minutes, but as a person who does channel program development and strategy development. It's not that easy. Austin's it's not. Smart. It's not. It's not. And that was that was him rushing to find something so that he could sell a box to somebody. Uh, obviously, yeah. over the years, that program has developed and changed. And and I know Larry, you and your organization have been integral for that. And and uh, you know you you've helped me out immensely through this journey as well and continuing to build it. But you're absolutely right. It was not easy, and it, it still continues to be um, a struggle as you you evolve it and change it and make sure that it's relevant. Yeah, but Bob, this is the thing that you, I want to key in on that word you said, relevant, because there's a lot of companies out there that are truly just discovering MSPs, even though the MSPs have been in their orbit for, for years. And I tell this story, I tried introducing Datto to, a, to one of our clients, a Fortune, actually a Fortune 100 company. And they looked at, you know, I provided a brief on them, because I thought it would be really interesting if the two of you would work together. And they looked at you and they said, wow, this is really interesting. Who's Datto? <laughs> and who? Are, what are these MSPs? Because they had their own nomenclature. Their norm, nor, partner nomenclature was built around the way that they wanted to work with the market, not necessarily the way that the partners were actually, or the MSPs were working with their customers or consuming, consuming technology to build services. Everything was very insular. And now you're finding those companies that have been resistant to this change. They're just—they truly are. They're discovering. Well, wait, there are these entities out there that do this stuff, but they still can't figure out how to crack that code. Yep. 
What what do you make of it? Because I know you a lot of them reach out to you trying to figure out what is it that they're supposed to be doing with MSPs. Yeah, it's it's a little bit tough, and and there's a, there's a legacy here that that you have to be in the history here that you have to be aware of, um, and a lot of these organizations, not a lot, but some of these organizations were even around back then and still continue to do that. But there was a there was a, a path taken, and kind of like we hit this crossroads a, few, a number of years ago, which is the whole reseller to MSP thing. Resellers still very much exist, and it's still very much a part of the channel. But in definition, if we look at what a reseller does versus what an MSP does. Uh, a reseller is kind of like finds the deal, closes the deal, grabs a, a portion of the, the revenue, but then um, the relationship is turned over to the vendor. Uh, and that includes support and billing and everything along those lines. Whereas a managed service provider, we are a vendor in their stack. We're not the only vendor. We don't have a reseller program. We don't provide support to the end user. We do not bill the end user. It's all part of an MSP stack. So it kind of started that, you know, that number of years ago that you were talking about, uh, where it's like, do you still want to, you know, consume product uh, from a, a channel, which would be your reseller? Or do you want to outsource this completely, including um, services and training and all those types of things so that you have a, a, a throat to choke as opposed to somebody internally to do it. And that's that's kind of where that's all happened. So, you know, if you're a legacy vendor or even a newer vendor that understands the reseller market, there is a distinct difference between the reseller and the MSP. And the biggest challenge that they've got is what I find a lot of times it comes down to, to vanity. Um, my brand data is not as important to the end user as it is to the channel. I sell to managed service providers. Managed service providers add me to a stack of six, seven, eight, ten other technologies that they go and sell their brand under their brand to the ultimate end user. So I have to let go of the idea that data is an important brand to the end user and instead make it an important brand to the, to the MSP, which means when I'm thinking about how I win more business, how I grow my business, I grow it by making sure the managed service provider is growing their brand. And I think that's, you know, the important component of that is, is being a little less vain about, about our brands and, and our, and our, our, uh, our, our labels and, and making sure the MSP is promoting their services. There, there's something I've said this for, for many years and I, and I maintain it is one of the sins of the industry is brand supremacy is yep. you know and, and I, look i'm not going to name them we know who they are there's no disrespect to them in what i'm about to say is that because they're fine companies and they make fine product and they work with partners all types of different partners but they do exactly as you're saying is that they believe that their brands are are paramount to everything else and, and look there isn't a vendor there isn't a brand in the market that can solve all the customers needs which is why the MSPs are a good aggregator of technologies to create services. Yeah. And, and that's a, it, it's, an, it's something that I wonder about from your perspective, because you have a lot of history on this. How important is it for somebody like you in a company like Datto to understand the partners, the MSPs stack, their technology stack and their services stack relevant to you? Do you, do you have to come up with that relevancy story about where do you fit in their stack and how your technology or your service offering enhances their go to market? It, it's an absolutely critical part of it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest value adds that I bring to the organizations. My organization is 
um, you know, I act as the face of our organization externally towards our channel, but almost equally important, I represent the uh, managed service provider at our channel internally at Tato. So when we're sitting there making decisions, uh, when we're sitting there thinking about how we want to move our organization forward, we have to remember who our consumer is, and our consumer is the MSP channel. So there's a lot of great ideas and a lot of good things that we want to bring to market through technology and innovation and, and just go to market strategy. And then you have to think about price and all that type of stuff, but you have to do it with the idea that we have a sell through channel that needs to want to basically sell it through. And, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, a lot of organizations and, you know, I've been part of organizations that are guilty of this. We have an annual price increase, you know, it was a good year. Times are good, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden we increase our prices by two and a half percent or upon contract renewal, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. The, the thought is that although your contract is with the managed service provider, ultimately the managed service provider has a contract with the end user, which means if I do a random price increase on Jan 1 uh, or on the next contract, we have to make sure that that MSP can do the same thing and push that price increase through to their end user. But remember, we're one technology in the rest of that stack. So chances are there's multiple contract dates that are ending, which means if I have a price increase, I'm just eating into my own partner's margin as opposed to that being able to be passed through to the ultimate end user because of things like inflation. Um, being part of that stack too, like you mentioned, it's, it's a very important part of being part of a community, like an open ecosystem community, because we have to work with other vendors that are in this stack as well. That includes things like integrations and even, even joint uh, programs where we can help these MSPs work together and making sure our technologies complement each other, that we're not fighting each other on these things, because again, you're part of a team, you know, we're the tire on the car, but there are six, seven and other components when they come in for the pit stop that need to be changed, refilled, whatever, and make sure that it all rolls out together at the same time. So you, you uh, being part of an open ecosystem is, 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 is absolutely crucial as well. Speaking of open ecosystems is of those that that also means not just being open to integrating with other companies, but it means cooperating and even partnering with competitors. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's not to say that traditional hardware and software vendors don't have those type of extended relationships is that you've, we've seen the story many times is that Cisco will partner with IBM, you know, in, you know, in, in different, in different aspects. Um, but this is a little bit different because a lot of, even the companies that you have to partner with are also not just competitors in terms of wallet share, they actually have competing products alongside yours you do live in a best of breed world. So how do you manage those competitive, those competitive uh, pressures without you know, going insane over you know, what you may lose or what the exposures you may create? Yeah, and, and you've been around long enough, Larry, so I know you know this, but there's there's had to have, there needed a level of maturity to come to the managed services space. And, and specifically when I say that, I'm talking about the vendors that are in this space. Um, no longer can we just, 
mock each other, make fun of each other, set up billboards outside each other's offices like we've heard over the, the legacy years and, and kind of fight each other in the news because it's just not like that anymore. The MSP market and ultimately the managed service providers are the ones that are going to choose the different technologies that they want in their stack. And you want them to choose the technology because it is the best technology that fits their business the best. And by us uh, as vendors fighting each other, making fun of each other, mocking each other, that doesn't really accomplish anything. It's the parents fighting in front of the children. It's just not, it's not constructive. It doesn't work. And, and there's been a level of maturity that has existed in the enterprise space. You know, you mentioned a number of organizations that co-compete with each other. They have to compete, but they also integrate and they also work together. We're seeing that uh, in the managed services space and have been probably for the last number of, I'm going to say three, four, five years now, because again, that level of maturity that's there. But you're absolutely right. As, as we as organizations become bigger, uh, the technology that we have diversifies. And every time we acquire an organization or develop a new technology, we create competitors. Usually, sometimes they were friends, but now ultimately they're competitors. But that integration is so important because I may have six products that the MSP can fit in their eight, 10 product stack, but they may only use three of them. And meanwhile, they're using some of my competitors in there, but it's important again, that the three that they are using integrate with the three that they're not using so that they can continue to work in those and not force them to choose based on just integrations and they, they should be able to choose based on partner program who they want to do business with all those types of things so uh it's been crucial and, and i you know i have a very good relationship with pretty much all of our competitors in the marketplace for that particular reason yeah now one of the things you did say which is which is interesting i also know that a lot of people don't fully understand this is that the msp is you you say a partner and you say partner program but they're your customer they are the consumer of your product. What they do with your product to support their customers is wholly independent of you. So what is it that you do to ensure that they are continuing to grow, that they're going to continue to, to consume your product? What is it that goes into your partner program that facilitates the support that, you know, that other companies would do through resell, but you're doing it because you need to stimulate the continued build out of consumption? I, th I think that just to go back to the term partner, I, I mean, I think it is a critical part of, of this relationship. Uh, we do refer to them as partners. They're not customers. They're not that I mean, they consume our technology, but they're not customers of ours uh, because, you know, we rely on their success. Uh, and we're, we're invested in making sure that they are successful. Um, they are part of our ecosystem. They help us with, with product feedback. They help us with product evolution. I mean, I look at the channel and I say partner because when I look at a managed service provider, I look at them as my sales force. I look at them as my marketing team. I don't look at them as just somebody that I've designed a product and they're going to consume it. I need them to literally go to market and understand it enough that they can sit in front of an end user and articulate it, that they can trouble shoot frontline tickets uh that they can they can do all these things that and we help them do all these things but it goes well beyond just a typical customer relationship and that's why that's why we refer to them as partners as far as what's in our partner program i mean there's a number of things i think you know, if you look at the old school ones, and maybe this goes back to a lot of the legacy vendors that you referenced before, those things are important, like the, the number of points or free product or even product discounts for that pers perspective, you know, being a gold, silver, bronze level partner, those uh, or reseller, you know, those legacy things are less important in the managed services space. 
in the managed services space, it does come down to more uh, support mechanisms. And I'll give you a few examples of things that we do where we have a, a marketing engine that uh, is, is available for our partners uh, so that they can go and create campaigns and go and send out um, mailers and email campaigns and things like that to help them grow their business. Um, uh, there's a lot of different marketing support, uh, marketing development funds that we can actually do. These are all different little things that we do in our partner program and reward our partners that are more active than the traditional you know, point system or, hey, you're a, a gold partner, so you get 10% off across the board. You know, I think the, the pricing piece is also a really, I mean, it's, it gets a little bit um, a bigger conversation, but things like we don't have an MSRP. You cannot find the price of a data if you're an end user, uh, because our prices is, is actually irrelevant. Uh, it's not. It's consumable product, meaning the MSP is going to come in and buy it for a dollar. Or excuse me, the end user is going to come in and buy it for a dollar because we sell it to the MSP. Then the MSP adds it to their services, and again, it's usually part of a bigger stack. So you'll you'll never even understand what the price of the data is, what the margin for the data is. That's something that the MSP takes care of. So again, th things like having an MSRP or offering up, hey, you get 10% off and you get 5% off and you get 20% off, it doesn't really matter because it's all going back to their stack and not as an individual sale. I don't have a deal registration program. Uh, and a lot of people are like, well, that's that you need a deal registration program. I don't need a deal registration program because I treat all my partners from, from that perspective equally and help them all go to market. But ultimately, it's their services that are going to win the business or lose the business. It's not going to be whether data's in that stack or not. Yeah. And you, you raise a good issue that often trips up others that are just venturing into managed services from a, from a channel perspective or a program perspective, which is pricing. You're right. You don't see a lot of, of companies like Datto that do deal registration or even do things like rebates because it's, it's almost, it's counterintuitive to what's, what they're doing. The other thing though, is that I, and I experience this in conversations I have with other vendors trying to build out managed services channels is they start treating it like they do product. They're like how much of a discount should we give? You know, you know, what's the, you know, what's the value add incentives we're going to put on there? What are the accelerators? And I'm like, and then they go out and they find the partners marking up 150, 200%. And they're going, Oh my God, we left money on the table. And I'm like going, no, that's what they're able to charge. You charge them what you thought was a fair market value. They're able to charge out there. You raise the price. You're going to make them unprofitable. I mean, why is that so hard for others to understand where, I mean, I know you were born into this and going back to your days at a, a, an, an often forgot about company now, you know, that was once known as level platforms, but you went through that. Yeah. <laughs> So if you, how, you're, how you're, you're, creating, you're opening a, a big a big can of worms, and this is an argument that you and I have had several times with vendors at, in bars late at night because um, ultimately, it, it, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, a, I'm an early bird, Rob. Don't mind these people. Yes, that's I'm fair. Never that's fair. I'm never at a bar past 2 a.m. <laughs> that's totally fair. That is true. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, again, it goes back to the, oh, I don't, yeah, I want to say this without, without offending anybody, but ultimately it goes back to the arrogance that the channel is the be all or the vendors in this channel are the be all and end all of, 
of, of this technology and that the MSPs or, or traditional resellers are just the avenue to sell it. That is completely untrue. And, and you know, we're starting to see that the, the managed service providers are becoming more and more in, in the conversation. They're more consultative than they've ever been before. Their, their, their cloud, their security training, their um, digital transformation, these are all things that the SMB market actually has quite an advanced uh, advancement as far as technology goes and it's purely because of this managed services channel so you know these these larger vendors are like well i'm going to give you a few points on stuff it doesn't work that way hey if you can go and sell my product for triple the price good on you i want you to go and do more of that i'm, I'm glad you're able to do that um i i shouldn't be punishing them because they're good salespeople. instead i should be helping them uh understand why or or or, or even commoditize that some more if they're able to go and sell the product for that so again not about me it's about them and if they are able to go and triple triple your price and still sell it that's great because there are those that are probably complaining that you're too expensive i run into that all the time there are some that think i'm too expensive and there are some that just live and die with that and would never do any deal without it and are able to sell it for quite a bit more than what they pay for it what does it what does it take to actually build out a channel like yours. I mean, so I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I, I do want to share a fun little factoid about Rob Ray. I mean, right. during the pandemic, he was the only person to actually fly an equal amount of miles as before the pandemic. I mean, this man lives on the road. Sure. Uh, during the holidays, he goes back to Connecticut where he lives and he reintroduces himself to the people in the house he drives up to. It's not just a random address. He finds them and he's like, oh, hi, I'm Rob. I'm related to you. And they welcome him in. I mean, Rob, you do spend more time on the road than anyone else I know. And you're out there literally shaking hands and kissing babies in the MSP communities around the world. So is that what it really takes in order to build these productive relationships? Because I see a lot of other companies that try to automate this and they typically come back and they say, we're not getting enough traction. It's, I think there's a, there's a, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Um, and, and no, I, I, I think what, what, by having somebody like myself, a channel chief in this organization that can go out and be the face of the organization, I think that's important. Um, as Datto has scaled, I mean, we were a small little Connecticut based company when I joined 50 some odd employees. Um, we're now upwards of 2,035 offices around the world and publicly traded and market caps and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's still important though, that as we scale and as we grow, that we still have a personality and a face. And there's a lot of people that work in my organization that are very, very good at this. There's a lot of people that I have trained that have left my organization are doing this with other vendors. I think it's important that you're out there and shaking the hands and kissing the babies and representing your organization, what you believe and that you are here to help these managed service providers. I think part of the problem or benefit here is that we're the MSP market is the SMB market. Okay. And it's, it's a, it's a lot of individuals, but it's a very, very small community from the perspective that it's like two degrees of separation to know anybody in this space. They, they run in the same circles. They go to the same Reddit sites. They go to the same Facebook sites. Word of mouth is probably the best way to actually sell our product because I can go out and show an MSP what it is that we do, but until they go and check with some other, 
other MSP that's using them, they're not going to trust me. I'm not a, a technology geek. I am not going to uh, win any speeds and feeds conversation with any of these MSPs. My value add is that if they need help, I'm here. My value add is that if if uh, if they need help on how to sell and position and make money with it, I am here to do that. Um, but going out there and spending time with them, understanding what keeps them up at night, understanding what they love and hate about every part of their business uh, and being there to support them through it, uh, I think is a critical part of developing that relationship. And it's not as hard as it sounds. I mean, sure, I spend a lot of time on a plane. I, I do actually love to travel, so and I would never complain about my job. So I actually do enjoy doing those kinds of things. Um, but there's also, as I mentioned, I have a team of people that do exactly the same thing. And they're out there standing in the booths, working the long hours, shaking the hands, buying the drinks, going out for the dinners, and really getting to understand how managed service providers tick because if you can understand how they tick it makes it a lot easier to build your partner program around what, around what their needs and wants are rob something that's been a part of managed services almost from the beginning has been this this phenomenon of community and a lot of companies talk about building communities and leveraging the effect of communities uh you know i have to say you know what if your competitors and collaborators connectwise has done a fabulous job of building out communities you and dado have built out your communities uh, other companies look at that and they shy away from it because they think it's too much work do you think it's important that you know regardless of whether you're big or small that you can you you can afford to avoid these community systems you you absolutely have to and you know i'll give i'll give connectwise some credit here they were one of the one of the first technologies and and some of the individuals and the founders over there some of the first people to actually start talking about managed service providers um way back in the day and they created a community rather quickly that was enviable and and i remember when i joined data we talked quite ex quite extensively about what they were doing over there we didn't compete with them at least at that particular moment we were doing a different technology they were an integrated partner of ours but we looked at what they were doing and how they were doing it and people were rabid about their technology and about their about the their partner program and sure they had good technology but really rabid about it and so you start looking at the reasons why and i think when you start looking at a community and again thinking and remembering that this is the smb market uh, everybody wants to be a part of something and when you feel like you're part of a community that you can actually bring together and collaborate with uh, in, a, in a place where you don't feel threatened in a place where you feel like you can share and learn those things are super important and and a lot of organizations and and us included have done a very good job of bringing those people together um, it's not as hard as it sounds and if you think about it from the from the perspective of people like to do business with people they like it's that simple i learned this actually back in my in my level platforms it's a rmm company that that um doesn't exist anymore but uh was acquired and, and acquired again and again but we learned this we we did not have great technology we did we were not one of the i would even put us in the top five as far as technology goes but one of the things that we did was we built a great community and we cared about our partners um we weren't the cheapest we weren't the best but we but we still continued to grow that organization people still continued to migrate towards us because people like to do business with people they like now if you can extrapolate that to an organization that does know how to make money to an organization that does have a good partner program to an organization that is invested in the channel and most importantly has great technology and continues to innovate those technologies 
then life is easy. And that's where I, that's where I actually, you know, found um, the opportunity with data to be able to really, really grow it quickly. <clears throat> Remember, you know, the greatest advocate, the greatest salesperson that I've got is the actual MSPs themselves. If you doubt whether I've got good technology, I'll introduce you to 100 MSPs that are using it. Go to Reddit and ask the question. You'll have 100 MSPs that'll turn around and go, yeah, good company, good people, good technology. Sure, you're going to have your naysayers there as well. Every organization does. But overall, I think that, you know, we have a very positive image in there. And that is purely because of that relationship that we've been able to build and, and that word community. It's really not that hard, Larry. Just be a nice person and do right for the channel and they will follow you. They, it, it's not about price. You don't have to be the cheapest in the market, but you just have to treat them with enough love and respect and help them grow their businesses. They'll be loyal to you forever. Yeah. Yeah. So Rob, last question. You know, if you were approached by a channel chief at a legacy company that either decided that they're going to enter into managed services or they just acquired a managed service technology, the technology goes into managed services, what's that one piece of advice that you give them? What's their start point? Wow. Um, I think it's funny. And I've kind of been evolving my thinking. I have, I have a lot of teenage daughters. And one of the things that I've noticed and one of the things that's become really, really prevalent over the last little while is this whole idea of influencers. And, you know, there's, there's a number of, of books that have been written on this for hundreds of years. Uh, and, but it never really kind of summed up for me until the last kind of 10 years when you look at social media and how quickly a single person became, can become an influencer. Uh, and when I took a, took a step back, somebody asked me, they were trying to tackle a specific community um, uh, within, within the managed services space. It's a, it's a gathering of about three or 400 MSPs. It's a very, very difficult group to really get a, a new name or a new brand into. And uh, I took a step back and, and thought about how I did it. And I kind of did it, not by accident, but I really couldn't sum up the strategy that I was executing at the time, but I was able to afterwards. I found the influencers. I found the people that, because there are people in our space that they migrate towards, other people migrate towards, MSPs migrate towards, and there are people that if you can get them on your side, other MSPs will pay attention to it. It's that whole, you know, with this one person who's, you know, sometimes very out there or vocal or considered a, a respected leader within our space, if you can get them some, some time and attention, then ultimately you'll get all the others to kind of follow along, and then you just add them to the fold and find other influencers, and it just kind of continues to expand from that so it's not this big you know i need to go out and market to a thousand people i can go market to these 10 take care of these 10 and have these 10 kind of help me build my product and build my reputation within this space and those 10 will help me do it uh, because again that word of mouth is probably the most important part of it um, but if you're going to do this make sure you do it properly uh, the msps um, have been around technology for a very long time. If you look at any of the industry reports, they're not new. This is not a, like these guys used to be resellers. It, they used to build white boxes in their basements at one point in time. So they've been around the block. They've seen vendors come and go. Um, if you're serious about this, it's a commitment. It's going to be longer term. You have to have thick skin. You've got to be able to get through the beatings of the initial part. I talk about getting kicked in the teeth. The more and more times you actually get to kicked in the teeth, the less it hurts. You'll know this, Larry, from our uh, from our drinking sessions. The, the, you know, it hurts less each time you get kicked, right? I was going to so, um, say, as as a Canadian, you know that well. 
absolutely. So, so you know, those are those are I think some important uh, pieces that if you're coming into the managed services space. Um, and as always, I'm, I'm willing to offer some advice and, and introduce you to those people because equally as much as there is influencers in this space, there's also detractors in this space. There are people I will never do business with because they just literally will grind me and take take away from my brand. No matter what you do, that that you're just going to get bashed, you know. So there's these influencers and these group of people that you want to attach yourself to, and then there's these other individuals that you just want to avoid. Well, you know, Rob, you said it earlier about having big personalities and being able to put yourself out there. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you, you're giving some sage advice here, and I will say to everybody listening in, Rob Ray, he truly is one of the biggest personalities, not only in men's services, but just in general. He's a great guy. So if you ever get the chance of seeing him on the road, because that's where he lives, on the road, um, you know, do look him up because he's always a, he's always a good conversation to have. So, Rob... Senior Vice President of Business Development at Data. Thanks for joining us here on Changing Channels. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. And thank you to all of you for joining in yet again to hear us ramble on about how the channel and the technology market is changing. Again, I'm Larry Walsh, your host. I look forward to having you drop in next time. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.